My next guest is a former All-Pro NFL kicker's most recurring guest. I want to welcome back on Blair Walls. Blair, did your bets win today? I, I did all right. Uh, nothing. Didn't place anything today. Just uh, my 0-5 fantasy team is probably going to be 0-6, and, and I know everybody cares about that. So Is that the uh, one that's kind of yeah, good? that's where I'm sitting at. Them. The one that's good on paper, not on Sundays? Excellent on paper. Do not produce on Sundays. Yes, no, correct. No. I was 0-4 going into last week. And I got the win, and then Russell Wilson got hurt. Clyde Ojalaire got hurt. Um, Nick Chubb got hurt. Pitts decided to have a bye. Corey Davis decided to have a bye, and the team shit the bed today. So lots of fun. Lots of fun. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Jeez, talk about timing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so we might, as well, we might as well just jump into Sunday Night Football because that just wrapped up. Um, is Geno Smith better than Big Ben? No. Really? Not even close. Right. No, I think – we talked about this a few weeks ago. Ben looked shot, no doubt. But I think finally, uh, over these past couple of weeks, they've decided to develop the offensive system around his skill set and what he does, which is get the ball off quickly. If you notice tonight, he's getting the ball off extremely quickly. Um, you know, the, the run game was better because of it. And, you know, they're not taking the huge shots downfield, which is fine. But, you know, uh, tonight was a little bit misleading because Seattle's defense is not great. Uh, in all the statistical measures and metrics, they're just, you know, I, the Jamal Adams play to me was it was a microcosm of the Seattle's defense. And if anybody listening didn't see it, Jamal Adams came up from the secondary to make a play on a linebacker or with a linebacker and a ball was thrown directly at him that was interceptable and probably would have sealed the game for them. And it hit him directly in the face mask. And uh, we all know what it's like to have failures on, on Sunday night football. But that was kind of that, that was that was, it was hard for them to get over. It's also hard to have that happen when you call it. What do you say? Best in the country, best in the nation, in the in the promo. Best in the nation. I don't know whether we forgot if the NFL's a league, but yeah, um, you know, it's for college talk. Not yeah. uh, the NFL is the best in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Um, but like, honestly, looking at that, that uh, the fumble from Big Ben, possibly the worst fumble I've ever seen in my entire life. It looks like somebody who's spinning a basketball in their hand and it fell off, but he did it with a football on Sunday Night Football. But I mean, he's been doing that pump fake move for forever where yeah, he takes the, he holds on, he holds on though. and he holds on, but finally, you know, primetime game, the hands yeah. are a little slippery and out, out, out comes the ball. Yeah. Um, should Seattle sign uh, Cam Newton? No, because I think Seattle understands where they are this year. Um, you know, they're in the most competitive division in football and you got the Rams in there and the Cardinals are running away with it. Seattle's now two and four, and you could argue that they haven't even had their hardest games yet of their season. You know, I think tonight would have been huge if they could have snuck out a win against Pittsburgh and uh, pulled closer to 500. Uh, actually, they would have pulled them to 500. You know what? They're they're just trying to bide their time until Russell Wilson comes back. And I think their only hope, honestly, is a you know having that 17th extra game is to have a late season charge where they're fighting for literally the last wild card spot. I, I think that's their only hope. And you bring in a guy like Cam Newton, you're you're changing your offense, and you you know you're going to have to have some serious overhaul on what you do schematically. Which team right now is in a better quarterback situation long-term? you got a, one team with a quarterback that won't leave and one of them that doesn't want to be there. In regards to Seattle and in Pittsburgh. Oh, it has to be Seattle. I mean, as long as you have the chance to convince Russell Wilson to stay, you're always in the better That's scenario. Nice I mean, big Ben is one year away from 40 and you know, I, I don't think even big Ben is going, can see himself playing past this year. Uh, so they're, you know, this is kind of this is it for him, and uh, you know that's a big win on Sunday night for them. Uh, they have to keep pace with Baltimore and surprisingly uh, Cincinnati in their division. So they had to win that game. Everybody likes talking about the NFC West and the AFC West in terms of really competitive divisions. If you look at the AFC North now; all four teams are five hundred or better. So, and I, I think it's fair to say Pittsburgh's the worst of the division. Yeah, that's it. That that's that's accurate. And I think you watch tonight, you know, they struggle to put away a team that is arguably the worst defense in the league. And, you know, without their superstar quarterback, I just I think Pittsburgh defense is solid. I do. Um, I just, you know, how are they going to stop Lamar Jackson? And, um, you know, even Cincinnati playing well right now, that's always heated between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. You know, yeah, to me, it feels like like the Steelers are in the bottom of their division for the first time in a long time, and there's no real hope of them getting out this year. No, and Seattle, like, the run game looked better. The defense still looked horrible, and then the guy got hurt, and I think he's doing better, which is good, because that was a scary injury, uh, Daryl Taylor, because um, that was, like, like 10 minutes it took for him to get, like, the, 
to get them off the field. Man, those are scares, especially when you see anything with the head and neck where they have to immediately yeah. immobilize you. Yeah, thoughts and prayers up to, to Daryl. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like you said, they mentioned that he was moving all of his extremities. So that's uh, that's a positive. But, man, it, it's a good reminder that football is uh, it, it's the most dangerous sport in the world when it comes to, you know, team sport. And, you know, you guys just they're sacrificing their their bodies each and every week to make a living and to fulfill a dream. So you know, it's easy for us to be critical of these guys and these players, but it is a good moment for you to kind of sit back and reflect and say, Hey, you know, what these guys are doing is incredible. And, you know, they're risking their health and safety each and every week to do that. So, you know, they deserve respect regardless of how they play or regardless of how their outcomes are. Yeah, no, that was terrible. I saw Shazier put up a tweet, like that's just, that's horrifying. It's always, I feel like it's always, most recently it's been the Steelers that having these scary injuries, especially against them. And then a couple of years ago with Chase here, what was that against Cincy a couple of years ago? I think. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Uh, but like, this is a, I don't know why they kept this game on Sunday football. As soon as Russ went like big Ben's been bad the whole year. As soon as Russ went down, they should have flexed it. I don't like what they say. Oh, we need 10 days. What do you need 10 days for to make a game four hours later? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure either. That, that's that's a little bit preposterous to me as well. But uh, they should be able to flex games all, all Sunday night. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Now, because did you watch the London game today? You know what? I did. I watched. I watched a really? good portion of. Uh, yeah, because no, I, not what I, was expecting. I did not expect you to say that. Yeah, I know. Surprise answer, huh? Uh, yeah, man. Out in the West Coast, you, know, you get up early. It's on TV, and you know it happens in the morning if you're working out. It was on in the gym. Um, wild i i think the rumors of urban meyer not being able to coach are just a little bit premature um you know is that does that mean that he's going to turn jacksonville around no but does it mean that he's the worst coach ever no um it was a good win for them if you're a miami fan you have to be sitting there going what what's next for us you know tua comes out and plays relatively well um, and, and kind of does what you want of a second year quarterback, which is control the game, not make egregious mistakes and, you know, put up over 250 yards, and a couple touchdowns, but you know, you let Jacksonville beat you. Um, it's tough. It's tough. If you're a Dolphins fan, uh, there, there will be better days ahead, but, um, Sunday was not one of them. I think with Jags, I think they're everybody in the teams. They set it to their body clock all year is in London time. So they're always ready for that game. But, um, with look at looking at Miami, like the, like the one credit I will give them, their two best receivers are out. I don't know half these guys. I don't know who Ford is. I don't know who Long is. I don't know who Carter is. I don't even know Albert Wilson was still in the league. Um, Durham Smythe. I don't know who that is. Um, I don't know why two is throwing the ball 47 times after missing like a month. I don't know what's going on there. On the Jags yeah. side, it, this is just like a brutal game. This is a perfect London game. Like you want to, you want to wake up early and watch it. Do it. If not, you're not missing anything. So <laughs> you're right. It was it was a prototypical London game. Um, I really do think you have to be encouraged with what you saw from Tua. I know it's a small sample size, and I know it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you know, kind of what I said about Urban Meyer goes the same with Tua. Let's let's let him play out the year before we decide whether or not Tua's a bust or can't play or can't be that answer for the franchise. We, you know, as you saw today, Justin Herbert didn't look too great for the Chargers. So it, it's not always as as what it appears. And the NFL is is a war of attrition, and there's no doubt about it. Tua still has plenty left ahead of him to show that he can be that guy. What, what do you think? Anytime he's too is either hurt or doesn't play well, when the the rumors of Watson come up, what, what do you think about that? It's tough. I mean, the Sean Watson situation is such a tricky one because, you know, I don't think the league will let him. I don't, I don't think they'll let him play. No, I think you'll see kind of a Chris Paul NBA scenario where the league kind of steps in and possibly even prevents them from trading him. I, I do think that's, that's a possibility as well. Um, you know, if you're Houston, you have to feel like you kind of missed the boat on the, on the amount of players and draft picks you could have gotten back for Deshaun Watson. The longer this goes on, the worse it is for everyone yeah. involved, including Deshaun, the Texans, and anybody that wants to get him. Um, so, yeah, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, I don't know what his trade value is. I don't know if it would have to be contingent on him, like, not being charged. But then, like, what? it's a, it's a, it's a horrible situation. Um, and then you, you brought up Justin – excuse me. You brought up Justin Herbert. Might as well jump into that one because that's the game I lost all my money on today. Um, <laughs> um you thought they'd show up on the road. They've done well all year and they laid a 
goose egg. They got lucky. They scored six. I, I think I was it a touchdown or two field goals. Regardless, they looked horrible. In it was a touchdown, and the chart the Chargers have problems making extra points again. Um, oh, know, Miss Kano. Kicking- That's what they, you like that, that uh, Miss Kano is what they're calling him. I know Tristan, he's a good guy, um, but the Chargers have had issues with special teams for years. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, they need to have somebody come in and help them fix that. And I think until they seek outside counsel for that, they, they will continue to have them. But uh, outside of my special teams rant, um, you know, I think the thing about Baltimore that people don't realize is that their defense is actually very, very good. Um, Wink Martindale is a great defensive coordinator. They rally around the football. They've got tons of studs on, on defense. So as much as it's the Lamar Jackson show and him running and him controlling the clock, they have a good defense and that's rare in the NFL. So, you know, you, the chargers came in there and they, they had to play a great game to even competitive, in my opinion, uh, Baltimore's a tricky, hard place to play. Uh, I think people don't think of it as one, but it is. Um, so yeah, I, I thought the chargers looked flat and Baltimore looked ready, ready for the game. Lamar on paper did not have a good game. He went 19 to 27. He had one touchdown, two picks, and 51 on the ground, and they somehow won by 28, which I thought – I think you got to give credit to the defense on that one because I don't think Lamar won them this football game. Definitely the defense and their um, their circa 2015 fantasy football running yeah, back. what's going on with that? Had scoring touchdowns. I thought yeah. I was watching Red Zone of 2015 where you got yeah. Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, and Devontae Freeman all yeah. scoring a touchdown for the same team. It was – it was it was a uh, it was a twilight zone experience for anybody watching the highlights of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think everybody's given charge a lot of credit about um, the defense. Their their rush defense has struggled a couple times this year. I know earlier in the year they did lose to Dallas, and I think Pollard and Zeke pounded them on the ground. Today, Baltimore knew what they were doing. They rushed thirty eight times with six different people, which is bizarre. And it worked, but with the chargers, I think this is kind of, you just kind of just bury the tape and just kind of move on because there's nothing they can take out of this game that they wanted. Like totally agree with you, Zach. This is one of those ones where they showed up flat and, you know, it showed right away and they were never in the game and, you know, it's, you know, just chalk it up to a bad day, bad performance. They'll learn from it and hopefully be better. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I was, I bought the chargers early last week and then today when they were down 14, nothing, I saw, Oh, plus 800 uh, from the comeback. They didn't come back. So lost. No, they did never hit the live bet odds, Zach. You know that I did. I got it a couple of weeks ago. I got it. Um, I got it week one, but I hadn't get it for the rest of them. I got it when the chiefs were down to Cleveland. I'm going to like, come on, it's the chiefs. Um, and then then that one hit, but other than that, it never hits. Um, and then you might as well move on to the chiefs and the new most hated person in the nation's capital, Jackson Mahomes. What the hell is wrong with this kid? That's a loaded question. Um, it's tough when you're the brother of a celebrity, arguably one of the top two celebrities in the NFL behind Tom Brady. Um, I don't know. I feel like at some point, either the chiefs and or Patrick need to step in and, you know, limit his access to the sideline and pregame. You know, if he's doing that stuff up in the, in the press box and around the stadium, that that's a whole different argument. But when you're on the sideline of the NFL of an NFL game pregame, you're always told to act accordingly to act, you know, respectfully. And, you know, the fact that he happened to be doing that on the actual symbol for Sean Taylor on the day you're getting his Jersey retired it was it was uh it was definitely disrespectful and it was not a good look and i'm sure patrick has spoken to him or is going to um about that but yeah it's just you want to see the focus on the players and not you know the players siblings on the sidelines of what they're doing pregame so I, i've never liked it i've always thought that if i had a family member or a friend come down to the sideline to see me pregame they always knew to act with respect and would never do anything crazy and even sometimes I was hesitant to take pictures pregame because depending on the situation, whether you're, you know, whether it was close to the game or it was an intense atmosphere, you just, you didn't want to seem like you were unfocused or the people you had on the sideline were causing an issue. So it, it's definitely a little bit of an issue in, in Kansas city and, and Patrick needs to correct it. Yeah. And if you want to talk about putting him back up in the press box, when they were at Baltimore a couple weeks ago, he dumped water on the Ravens fans. So the kids are not having a good season. Yeah. Game. And they're just, you're, you're right, Zach. There just needs to be, you know, it needs to be controlled. Yeah. Like you want to be a TikTok star? Good. Do it at, do it at different games in your brother's planet. Cause if this is, I feel like if this is an AFC West game today and they're losing and that happens, it's all on Mahomes and it's a bad situation. They're lucky they, they came away right. with the win and they were playing against Washington. But you don't want this to go on, especially the Chiefs team that's struggling to even keep pace in the division. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, great point. Yeah, and then with Washington, like your boy Haneke, what's going on? I started him today. Did not look good. Yeah, I mean, it, 
I think if anybody who's a Washington fan, if they're honest, they don't have all the pieces around them right now. Uh, Gibson does not look healthy. Uh, no, he's been bad for two years. Right. He doesn't look like the same player he was uh, last year. Um, I think for Washington, they just, you know, they're waiting for Fitzpatrick to come back. They're trying to get wins. And I I think that this is kind of ending the controversy of whether it's Fitzpatrick or Heineke, because right now their offense just looks flat. It looks like they don't have any direction. It's either, you know, a dump off pass to McKissick or they're trying to push it down the field to one of their tight ends. It's just, to me, they don't look like they have an offensive identity. Um, And their defense obviously is just not great. Um, the, the amount of points they give up on a weekly basis is not good enough to, to win in the NFL. You've taken first round picks on the defensive side of the ball five years in a row. What, what do you have to show for it? A wild card loss? Come on, like do, so, do something. Like I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know if it's Del Rio. I don't know if it's the players, but like it's just embarrassing. No, Plus, you're, like, you're right, Zach. And I think, I think it is something we touched on. It's, it's their identity. What is Washington's identity? They don't have one. You know, they're just not consistent in anything they do. So until that changes, they're not going to have any success in the NFC East. Well, I will give them a pass. This week has been an absolute shit storm in D.C. for media, and I'm sure that trickled down to the locker room. Like, they were kind of in it for a little bit, and then Mahomes just put them away. Luckily for me, as soon as I saw this game on the schedule last week, I moved that line to 10.5. I said they're about to get the shit kicked out of them, and I cashed in on that. Should have bet more. Towards the end, I thought – Heineke was going to come back and kind of make it like a, a, a four point game and screw over everybody who had uh, Kansas city, but luckily <laughs> he got picked off and the, the bet hit, but Washington, I don't know where you go from here. You want to bring back Fitz? Great. He's 39. That's not a long-term answer. You want to grab another defensive player in the first round? Great. Look what's happened over the past five years. I think you need to get but a you quarterback. Have, you need a quarterback. You have to at least feel that Fitz could give them a chance to be competitive this year, this year, more so than Heineke. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the band-aids. This team's always going for the quick fix. And instead of, instead of trying to get the long-term answer, they should have traded up for fields in April. I don't care. He's looking at that. You should have done it because you need to give your fan, your fan base hope. It's the lowest oh. attendance in the league. They should have traded for fields. Yep. It, the, I would have, I would have given the farm for Rogers in April, even if he wasn't available, I would have offered it. I would have the same thing for your man, Matt Stafford. And they did it and they sat on it and then they grabbed a guy who's 39 years old who's never made the playoffs. And they said, here's the key to the franchise. I don't know what you're doing. I yeah, don't. it's tough. It's tough to sell hope in a franchise when you when when that's the situation. You are right. What do you think of this whole email thing? They the whole email, the Gruden situation. Yeah. Um, it's obviously he shouldn't have said that. And you know, it's just there's going to be tons of fallout coming from it. And you know, stay tuned. There's no chance they release the emails. Say it again. There's there's no chance they release 650,000 damning emails that could implicate people around the league, right? That's not going to happen. No, but I, I think they, they will release more from more think people. So? Interesting. Yeah. No, no that was, the whole situation was what I didn't even know Gruden knew how to use email. That was my biggest takeaway early on. I'm is, it true that, is it true that the Washington uh, football team's owner, Daniel Snyder, does not use email? I heard that. I don't know if that's true. I feel like I've, he, heard, I've heard that from multiple people. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of thing where like you pay somebody to put a hit out for you. Um, and that way you don't get implicated when <laughs> they get charged, but they're not, not a good look. And then I, I don't think to what I've heard um, before that email situation, this was supposed to be a remembrance for Sean today. They did not intend on having his Jersey retire today. That came together in four days. The, the press release seemed to be a little bit, uh, non-truthful his brother didn't know about it until tuesday his father didn't know about it till thursday it looks like they kind of threw it all together as a pr stunt but that's not confirmed yeah it it felt like like a little bit like a friday afternoon news dump um situation uh and in order to just divert attention away and from what was going on uh this week and yeah not a great week for the washington football franchise that's for sure no not at all i can move on see what the next game on the docket was uh Packers Bears. Um, Rogers looks a little. It looks like they had him on the ropes a little bit in the first half, and then he just took over. Man, don't you feel like you've seen this movie before? I feel like I've been watching the same Packers at Chicago game for the last fifteen years. It, they. It doesn't matter how they look. It doesn't matter what, how Aaron Rodgers looks or how the Chicago's offense or defense is playing. Green Bay always finds a way to go in there and get a win and just you know continue their streak of dominance against the Chicago Bears. 
that stat where Rodgers is, I think, what, 25 and four against the Bears in his career is, is mind blowing. Um, that's the case because Chicago hasn't been bad since Aaron Rodgers has been Green Bay's quarterback. They just haven't been great. So, but to have that record against a franchise like that is impressive. And today's game to me kind of just showed you what you already knew about both franchises. No, it was it was wild to me. Um, and then did you hear his comments when he kind of ran into the end zone? The I've owned you, I've always fucking owned you. Did you like I feel like I've, I've never really heard him say it during a game. Like, no, I think you're seeing you're seeing a different Aaron Rodgers this year. Somebody's yeah. not afraid to show you how, how he actually feels. And uh, you know, so often a quarterback is told to be quarterbackial and kind of not really say anything controversial and you know, just toe the company line and you know, he's clearly not done that this offseason. He's going to clearly continue to not do that. So this is behavior that isn't surprising. Um, I, I kind of like it. I always like when people show emotion in the field. Um, as long as it, you're not per personally looking at another player and taunting him, I, I've never yeah. loved that. Um, but for me, what Aaron Rodgers did was totally cool. He just scored a touchdown. He pretty much sealed the game for his team again against the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, it was a truthful statement. Yeah. Why doesn't Chicago give Allen Robinson the ball? This is not me speaking as somebody who has Allen Robinson on my fantasy team, even though I do, but as a concerned member of the sort of like in the bears a little, sometimes why don't they give him the ball? Man, it, it doesn't make sense. Does it? I mean, I saw a play today where he was streaking down the field. It was, I think it was late third quarter wide open. He had gotten past the sec the, uh, the safety. And I mean, nobody even looked his way. Uh, no. For me, I just feel like the way that their offensive scheme right now is it's so conservative and they're trying to build the rhythm with the short passes and and mixing in the run and play action that, you know, the deep ball has just not been there for them all year uh, and not just for Allen Robinson. So, uh, you know, would love to see them change it. would love to see them open it up more with fields. But, you know, that's that's on Matt Nagy and what he decides to do. And like he doesn't want to be there. He literally said, I don't want to. And then they tagged him, said, I want a long term deal. You won't give me a long term deal. Trade me. And they yeah, did. they should they should have traded him and gotten yeah. some compensation for him and kind of restarted at the wide receiver position. You know, it's been proven in the NFL that you don't need to have, you know, the highly paid wide receiver to have success. So, yeah, I, I would have loved to see Chicago start over with somebody younger during the offseason and give Allen Robinson that chance to go to a contender and, and have an impact. So I, I agree with you. Then the next one, Rams, Giants. What's going on with the Giants? The Daniel Jones experience, that's what's going on with the Giants. Um, you know, he looked like he looked his rookie year today. Uh, the turnovers were there, the, the fumble, ball security issues. Um, they just look like they never got it going on offense at all. And I think people got a reminder today of that, even though the Rams have had some points scored on them, their defense has some players on it, and they have the capability of shutting down anyone. Um, and that's rare in today's NFL, like we've talked about ad, ad nauseum here, but the Rams defense has some serious, serious studs. And uh, I just think the Giants are, are were overmatched today from a skill standpoint. Um, and besides that, there's not much to say about it. Um, what do you think? I mean, Cooper Cup, I thought he was every, every, every beginning of the year, Cooper Cup has like four games in a row where he's just like otherworldly. And then he kind of falls back down to earth. I haven't seen that yet. And I don't think it's going to happen. Well, he's got the best quarterback he's played with his entire career so yeah. far. And I mean, their weapons are insane. Van Jefferson's. Yeah, nobody talks about Jefferson. Receiver. Yeah, Van Jefferson is their third receiver is just an absolute luxury. Um, finally, they've got Robert Woods back involved in their offense, which is great to see. Um, for me, the Rams just don't have any glaring weakness on their team, which is great, and that's, that's what you want. Um, obviously, they're gonna they're about to hit the meat of their schedule here with NFC West play, but. Like we talked about earlier, the NFC West isn't looking as strong as it was originally with Russell Wilson out and San Francisco not playing that well. So, you know, it's definitely there's a chance for them to go on a run here. And it'll be crazy to see the battle between them and the Arizona Cardinals at the end of the year. Now, yeah, looking at the Rams, they, they do have the NFC West slate coming up, but their next three weeks are, are pickums: Lions, Texans, Titans. I'd, I'd parlay all three two, of them. Two guaranteed my, wins, and, and you'd probably pencil in Titans as a win too. Yeah, yeah, I'd guarantee. I'd, I'd, I'd parlay all three of them to cover. That's and then, but then, then you got Niners. We don't know how they're going to be. Then Packers, Jags, the Ram, the Rams look like like they're going to win out. It's their division to lose right now. So totally agree. Yeah, and with the Giants, I think not looking at it, they're definitely right now in the top kind of four at the draft, top four order. You have to take a quarterback. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we see Daniel Jones again. 
Yeah, but isn't isn't this quarterback class supposed to be one of the weakest in, in recent memory? I, I, mean, I love Malik I, Willis. Guy, I love Malik Willis. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, he, he's phenomenal. The guy from my school, JT Daniels, who hasn't played in the last four weeks, um, skill set wise, he's supposed to he's supposed to be a high first round draft pick. So it just for me, that's great. But you have to make sure that that guy's there. Don't just take a quarterback to take a quarterback early in the first round because don't you feel like that's what they did with Daniel Jones a little bit? I mean, they liked um, him. They they were saying that they were going after him. Remember that draft? They're literally like they're taking Haskins here. And they're like, no, we like this guy. We he he coached, he played with Peyton Manning's old coach, so you know he's a good quarterback. I'm like, well, we'll see. And nothing. Had, I mean, he has he's a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. He just is, but yeah. he has the skill set to be successful in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. He's not one of those guys where you're questioning whether or not he can be successful. It's just he's not put a consistent stretch of games together that would lead you to believe that he can be that guy for them. He's got four touchdowns on the year, one INT. I don't even want to look on how many turnovers he has. 1,200 yards through. Well, he did get, like, destroyed last week. I don't even know why he was playing today. I don't even – who's the backup uh, through the, the long neck? Um, Isn't it Glennon? Isn't yeah, Glennon their Glennon. backup? Glennon, uh, yeah. Davis Mills' second cousin. Um, oh, man. That, that neck thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, might as well go to there. Um, the Texans were good at the beginning of the year with Tyrod. I mean, they were fine. They got major organizational issues, and it starts at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I, honestly, though, I was surprised that they were not more competitive today. From the standpoint of you watched how they played against the Patriots um, last week, and you thought, okay, maybe Davis Mills is kind of coming into his own as a rookie quarterback. And now that doesn't mean they're going to win games, but it means that they have the chance to be competitive in these games. And man, they were never in this this football game this morning. Um, you know. The Colts took it to him right away, never let go. Carson Wentz looked great today. He's looked good all year. Seven, you know seven INT, one INT, the whole year. Right. He, I think the thing with Carson Wentz that drives people crazy more than more so than the turnovers is his just – he almost feels like a sack magnet sometimes. When that, when that pocket collapses, it feels like he's almost looking for contact. So I saw him take a few plays today where he took the, the easier sack, if that's an actual thing where he didn't try to force it, make some crazy play and, you know, risk injury to himself or fumble or turnover. He just kind of took it almost like the Mannings used to do when, you know, they couldn't throw the ball away. And, um, you know, you'd like to see that at Carson Wentz because he can only sprain his ankles so many times in a season. So uh, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, they get, they better get that record up because they're on hard knocks soon, which is. Exciting. Oh, gosh, that's yeah. going to be interesting. And then Jonathan Taylor, why don't you just feed him? What, what do they keep doing this stuff around? Get Marlon Mack off the field. Jonathan Taylor, 14 carries, 145, two touchdowns. He only had one uh, catch for 13 yards, but give him the ball. They can't they can't bring him down. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. He's kind of an old school running back. He gets better as the game continues. He's almost like in a Derrick Henry type mold where, you know, he gets more powerful towards the fourth quarter because guys are tired of trying to tackle him. He's a big guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, he looked good today. He's he's got some real explosiveness to him for as big as he is. Yeah, yeah, he's got the ninth most carries right now in the league, which is kind of surprising. You figured he'd be in recent weeks; it's kind of gotten up there. But like, I right now in fantasy, I think he's one of like five guys you took in the first round. You're actually happy about. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, he's he's paid off for anybody who took him in the first round. Yeah. So, but the Colts, I think Colts are like a sneaky team that are somehow going to be like a game below 500 and the AFC South is so bad. They're going to somehow weirdly be in it at the end of the year with the Titans. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Tennessee's probably losing tomorrow night. Um, it, you know, Colts gain a game on them this weekend. And, and honestly, they should have won the Monday night game last weekend. So um, yeah, I think the Colts will be there actually towards the end of the season because they are nowhere near. They're one of the few teams in the NFL where their record is not indicative of how good of a team they actually are. So yeah, I don't think I've heard DeForest Buckner name his name once this year. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's out there. I know um, Nelson's been on and off for weeks. I know um, a couple of their own linemen have been in and out. T.Y. Hilton's always out. I heard he got hurt again. Um, but on they, I, they're a sneaky team to keep an eye on. They're definitely a sneaky team. I could I wonder what the odds right now are of them to win the AFC South because I guarantee you could you can make some money on that one. Um, and then looking at uh, Bengals Lions, starting to feel bad for the Lions. Yeah, you feel like they emotionally kind of uh, spent it all up last week. And, um, you know, you can only get your heart broken so many times in a row before you have a letdown game. And that's exactly what this was. Um, I think people saw Lions-Bengals at Ford Field and said, oh, man, this is the Lions' chance to get a win. But 
I think people weren't giving the Bengals enough credit and that this isn't a Cincinnati team of old where, you know, yeah, they can come out and lay an absolute egg. They haven't done that so far this season, and I, I don't think that they will. Um, but, yeah, you just got to start to feel bad for the Lions. I, again, I do love the direction they're going. I love the fight they have, but they were out man today, and, you know, it's tough when you're never in the football game. Uh, yeah. yeah. And with the Bengals, if they beat Baltimore next week, they're first place in the uh, AFC North. They're not beating Baltimore next week. All right. I, I kind of like them. I kind of like them. Um, yeah. I I, I I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I think Burrow is kind of almost back in the offense. I don't, I don't see anybody stopping them. I know AJ Green's gone. AJ Green needs to torch Baltimore. I think Jamar Chase is kind of fitting into that mold. and He'll do it next week. Oh man. They've got some serious weapons. And today is the first day I've seen Joe Mixon look like yeah. the Joe Mixon of old, where he's fully healthy, running over guys, extending the play after contact. Yeah. If Joe Mixon's healthy, they, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with that. That being said, they are not beating Baltimore next week. We'll say, we'll say. And then moving on Minnesota, Carolina. I know I messaged you about this one. Why do they make the, why do they put the game in Greg Joseph's hand every single week? Can, can they do it without him? I was perplexed as to why they had only scored. What was it? Um, 14 points or whatever yeah. it was when he came. I mean, Man, we talked about it in, in the preseason. They have so many weapons. I don't know why their offense doesn't click as much as it does. Um, in the last couple of weeks, the defense has actually stepped up and played good football and, and kept them in the game. So for me, you got to be frustrated from the standpoint of your offense is not putting up the amount of points that you expect them to, and they've got the weapons and the line and the receivers and running backs to do so. And it just, you know, it shouldn't be coming down to field goals each and every week. And it seems like that's the trend right now. And eventually that trend's going to, to cause problems for you because you can only win so many one score games throughout the year. You, you can't always rely on that. Well, I know looking at their, their, the total for their yards for the year, it says in the fourth quarter, they had 75 yards, but I saw a stat come up that apparently today, including overtime, it's the third most uh, total yards the Vikings have ever had in the game which is nuts because they didn't and, score. I know yeah. it's fuck. It, it's, and like, I, I don't know what Dalvin still looks hurt to me. I don't, I think they rushed it back. He did not look as explosive. They barely used him in the passing game. Um, Thielen kind of got going. Jefferson really didn't see anything from um, Chris Herndon is somehow alive. I thought he's still in the jets. Uh, I think he had a touchdown, but they had overruled, but mm. I, I, and then with the Panthers, they haven't looked good since McCaffrey went down. Um, I don't think they've won a game since McCaffrey went down. Um, Darnold is people are just kind of, I think people, people are saying, Hey, maybe Adam Gibbs wasn't the problem, but he's, he's not looking good so far. He kept him in it today. I'll give him credit for that. Cause he was dog shit in the first half. He was horrible. Doesn't their offense look clunky right now? They look, they look yeah. like we talked about earlier. They look like they don't have an identity. Like when they, when, when CMC was in there, they look like they know exactly yeah. what they wanted to do each and every drive. Now it almost seems like, who are we going to try to force feed the ball to? Should we use Chuba Hubbard? Uh, the perplexing one to me is Robbie Anderson, man. I mean, I, I don't get, you, I don't get that. You expected what, what, a big paid, year they just paid him. They just paid him. Yeah. And it's just, they don't even throw his way. And when they do, it's, you know, he's not catching them. It's, it's a, it's a perplexing situation over there in Carolina. They, he had three catches today on 11 targets, which is not good. I don't know if that's drops or I don't know. If he had a couple of drops. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the ball was in his area and maybe it wasn't even close to him. And the same thing, DJ Moore five for 73, but that's on 13 targets. You need to minimize that difference a lot. So uh, it's not good. Yeah, Darnold had 200 yards and he threw the ball 41 times. That's fucking crazy. Um, so both of these teams, I don't think anything's really changed where we thought they were. Like they're both kind of like, oh, these teams are kind of uh, – the Panthers came out the year doing a, really well, and they've kind of obviously struggled with McCaffrey. With the Vikings, like you, you don't know. I wouldn't bet on this team. I would not bet on either of these two teams going forward. Well, I saw a stat today that said the Vikings in each and every one of their game has been decided, or five of the six games have been decided in the last second or in overtime, which yeah. is a wild statistic. Yeah, yeah, because it literally came down to Greg Joseph and people were kind of shitting on him. I'm literally like, it shouldn't be this dude every week. They're literally like, all right, can Greg Joseph get us the win? What are you paying Kirk Cousins $50 million for to give this no-name kicker and put it on him? That's, that's bullshit to me. And it's it's fucking crazy. Um, and let's see we got moving on. Um yeah, we already kind of talked about the uh, the, the Chargers and the Ravens. Um, Browns, Cardinals. Um, did you bet you didn't, you didn't bet today? Should have bet Cardinals. I bet Cardinals. Um, Browns do not look good at all. No, defense looks bad, and uh, a part of that is too is Kyler Murray is an absolute stud. Um, if he's not your front runner for the MVP right now, you're not watching football. Uh, the biggest question mark from my game from this game for me is. 
are we starting to see the debate about Baker Mayfield being their quarterback long-term coming to play? And most people will look at the stat line and say, what are you talking about? Baker threw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, no, no picks. Like he did fine. He wasn't the issue. He had one pick. He had one pick, but I think it it bounced off a receiver. I don't think it was his fault. It wasn't his fault at all. I think if you watch the game though, you said, you looked across the thing and said, there's another number one pick in Kyler Murray and you would pay that guy, whatever the max was for the NFL. And you looked across the thing and said, there's Baker Mayfield, another number one pick. Could you justify paying him Kyler Murray money? Absolutely not. No one could. So they're in this tough position. I I think Cleveland is of whether or not they look at a guy like Baker Mayfield and say, are we going to pay him just because we took him and he's taken us to the playoffs and he's kind of, you know, changed the way that the Browns are viewed or are we going to pay him for what he's going to do for us in the future? And, and that's a tough question for them to answer. And, and I think we're starting to go down that path of, of that being a real question in Cleveland. No, I had, I had Eric Metcalf on a couple weeks ago and he does a lot of stuff for TV wise in Cleveland. And I was asking him, I said, what would you do with Baker? Um, and he said, tag him. I said, I'm not, he said he's not comfortable giving him a $400 million contract just to be average in these games. And I think that's the only way to do it. You kind of go the Dak route and hope that it pans out like Dak has, because what we've seen so far on, on the, the rosters loaded on paper, he's never had a connection with Beckham. I don't know what the deal is. I think Beckham's a little bit kind of like, he's a little, starting to get a little bit washed, maybe needs a new, a change of scenery, but the, the, the surrounding pieces have kind of made Baker's weaknesses less amplified. And they've having the backfield like they do and having some of the, the line play that they do, it's kind of saved them a little bit, but it's on us today, both missing both starting tackles and Nick Chubb. And it was on display. He's getting his ass kicked. I agree. I mean, uh, I think the way you have to look at it is if you look at these elite quarterbacks taken at the top of the draft, if you put Trevor Lawrence on the Cleveland Browns, they're the they best are, team in the, they're the best team in the division. Are they a better football team? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, and again, this isn't to, to demean what Baker's done because what he has done for Cleveland and that team has been great. I mean, he, he did what they brought him in to do, change the culture, take him to the playoffs. But now you're at that point where you have to say, Hey, can he take that next step and be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? I, I just, I'm not sure I see it. Going back to the Bengals game. I don't know if you saw, but the left tackle got sick on the sideline and apparently he went to Eminem's restaurant and that was what made him get sick. So not a good look for a uh, slim. <laughs> um, but going back to Baker, um, he's 22nd right now in yards among quarterbacks. He's 28th and he only has four touchdown passes the whole year, which is nuts. Um, he's got two INTs. So he's been, he's been okay with the ball uh, QBR, which I don't think is a real stat. He's 26, but like for a guy who's middle of the pack closer to the back, I don't mean to make that rhyme. I don't know if you're giving him top tier money just because he's there. And I know you can't, you can't, you hit on it perfectly tag him, tag him and move and move forward with, with, with him under the tag where you pay him, you know, top five on average money. That's what the tag is, but you don't commit to him long-term and you don't leave yourself vulnerable for that contract where you're going, man, you know, we knew this all along. And I don't know why we paid him. And then with personally, I don't think there's much of a drop-off between him and Keenum. Obviously I haven't seen Keenum in a starting role like what three years he was on Washington. I know he was kind of like the intermittent guy with Haskins there, but he never really got going. But last time we saw him and Stefanski kind of on that same uh, kind of tier, they were a game away from the Super Bowl. So is it there that much of a drop off to maybe see, let's see what, let's see what Keenum can do. No, I, I'm not there yet. And I like case. I, um, I actually played golf with case out here in LA a couple of times. Um, yeah. I think Baker's uh, got more talent than case does. And I think, you know, that's pretty obvious, but you're, we're not there yet with Cleveland. I think it, let's let them get healthy again completely and, and see where they are. Let's see how they do in the division uh, before I do that. Pulling up their Cleveland schedule so far. So they've beaten the Vikings, the Bears, and the Texans. So let's see. I still think they're like a middle-of-the-pack team. A lot of people had like kind of Super Bowl expectations for them this year. Uh, but they need to kind of turn that season around because it's going in the wrong direction. Uh, moving on, Raiders, Broncos. Did not see the Raiders winning this game. After Did their not win. either. I was totally wrong on this one. Yeah. Um, so that Broncos, I don't know what the hell is going on. Three and oh, then they've lost three straight. Obviously, it's three games with better competition. Um, with the Raiders, you did you ever have a coach get fired or leave midweek or midseason? Did, did that ever happen to you? Uh, not in the NFL. No, no, I've never had a coach fired mid midseason. Um, it's definitely a weird process to have the coach fired in general. Um, I, 
sometimes you get that immediate reaction of where you see teams have their head coach fired and they have that, like, let's rally around each other and they play well for two or three weeks. And then, you know, they revert back to the mean and kind of fall off a cliff towards the end of the year. The difference with, with the Raiders is they're actually a good football team and they've kind of been proving that all year. Um, and they find themselves winning in different ways. Like today they won the game and they barely relied on their best player and Darren Waller. Five uh, targets. total. Yeah. Yeah, and they put up what thirty-four points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you'd have told me that Darren Waller had no touchdowns and fifty-four yards on five catches, and they won with thirty-four points, I would have said, you know, when did they draft all the other studs? But yeah, uh, it was an interesting way for them to win. No, yeah, they no no receiver had more than five targets. They had four of them with at least four: Waller, Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards, and uh, Renfro. Um, I don't know why you're not getting Waller more involved, but if you're winning, don't listen to me. No, so, they look, you know what, Zach, they look balanced today. And that's, yeah. and that's great. If you can do that and win games, that's what you want to be in the NFL. You don't want to be predictable and have the other team know exactly what you're going to do and rely on. Did, I don't know if I heard about this. I didn't see it. Did Vic Fangio throw the challenge flag on a touchdown? Cause he didn't like the outcome of the play. I heard that was I, happening. I did not see that. No. That's what I heard. I'm like, you can't really do that. But I like the idea that, um, no, that was, I don't know what, I don't know what the Broncos do from here. Defense is great. I think they have Cleveland on Thursday, so that'll put their issues on dis- on display for the whole uh, country to see. Uh, but that's going to be a shit show. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, they've got to get the quarterback position right in Cleveland or in uh, Denver, in Cleveland as well. But um, yeah, in Denver, it's imperative for them to get it right. Were you, were you there with Teddy in, when he was in Minnesota? I was. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was there when Teddy was drafted in Minnesota. Great quarterback, great guy. Uh, I'm not sure Teddy can carry a franchise. Um, I think he's much more of like that low end, you know, starting quarterback to a, a guy that's a fill in almost. It's like a tie rod. He's like a tie rod. Yes. Yeah. We were like, yeah, he's not really a starter, but he's not really a backup yeah. either. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I'd love to see him have success. I would, but um, it, it hasn't worked out completely so far for them. I think the three and zero start was a little bit, um, Fake is the right word, I, I guess, because uh, their competition wasn't great, like you mentioned. And now we're seeing them revert back to the mean here. And uh, it'll be a big one Thursday. Both those teams need to win desperately. And uh, I think the the loser of that game will – their season will be going in, in very much the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final um, uh, mid, mid to late window game was uh, Cowboys-Pats. That game was nuts. That, what, wow. what, what did you what – what, what were your kind of main takeaways from that one? Dallas won the way that Dallas used to win where they kind of had to out outgun the other team and outscore the other team. And, you know, every time they needed to stop, they didn't really get it. Um, so yeah, for me, it was an interesting way for Dallas to win. It felt like they were kind of going back to how they used to be before the first four games of this season where they, you know, could rely on their defense and control the ball and control the time of possession. Um, Dak's a stud. Uh, I feel silly for ever even doubting Zach in the past um, or Dak, I should say, but yeah, I think Dallas is in a great spot. That was a great game for them to win that way. Uh, kind of feel bad for the Patriots a little bit. They Why? played, I don't, you know what they played well and you know, you almost felt like they deserved to win that game. Um, and you, you feel like this was the second great team they've played in the last three weeks that they very easily could have beaten and we could be talking about the Patriots in a completely different light, saying they're 3-0 in the last three weeks against the Cowboys and Bucks. Um, instead, both those games didn't go their way in the last second. And now they're one and two going, you know, where do they go from here? What do you think of Trayvon Diggs having a pick in every single game this far so far this season? He's an incredible athlete. Um, I read something where he was moved from receiver to corner. And I remember him when he was a receiver at Alabama, Stefan was my teammate in Minnesota. And I remember we'd kind of, we kind of watched the college games on Saturday while we're in the locker room and, you know, he was a good receiver. So I remember when he got moved to cornerback, I was like, man, can you imagine the athlete that this guy has to be to be moved to completely different position and learn it and be successful at it. So kudos to him for doing it at the highest level in the world. And, uh, who knows? Maybe he can have 17 interceptions this year. Yeah, right now he's got twice as many touchdowns as his brother, as his brother, um, which is fucking crazy. Um, with, with Diggs, when when he got there, was that a year after the ACL tear or was it right after the ACL tear? I kind of remembered a little bit. It must have been a year because he was healthy coming into even rookie minicamp. There was no there was no restrictions on him. 
It was fifth rounder, right? I think it's fifth rounder. Fifth round, yeah. That's well, crazy. I mean, he was one of those guys immediately jumped off the screen when when we would watch him in uh, in practice, saying, "Man, this guy was a fifth round draft pick." Who was the number one receiver before you got there? I can't even. I couldn't even tell you. Before I got there. Before he got there. Oh, um, we kind of rotated through guys. Um, we had Percy Harvin. We had Greg Jennings. We had a bunch of guys. That we Jennings rotated through. Yeah, yeah. Greg Jennings, the best Madden highlight of all time. Um, and then with Dallas, they've covered in every game this year. So and a lot of people didn't have them covering today. I did have them. They, they completed my parlay. I had them. Ultimate, uh, ultimate backdoor cover. Ultimate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was insane. Um, Diggs got the pick six, and then he missed out on a play trying to bite on another pick, and they gave him a touchdown. Um, with Dallas, who, who do you see is better than them right now in the NFC? I'd say both NFC West teams are better than them. I think if the Rams and Cardinals faced off against them today, they would both win. Uh, outside of that, I don't really see anybody else. Tampa? Yeah. Tampa? I think they could beat Tampa. I do. I don't think Tampa's anywhere near as good as they were last year. I think their defense is a real issue, and they're they're thin. They're thin in the secondary, banged up. Um, you know, they're signing Richard Sherman off the street, and, and now he's not even playing for them because he's hurt. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is winning, but masking a lot of problems in the process. I feel like Tom's age is going to show soon. I don't. He's he's. Uh, you don't think so? Never ages. Come on, no. He's the greatest living American. He's never going to age. I mean, I, I I just don't I just don't know how he's he has I think he has better numbers through six games than any other year of his career. I just don't know how he's doing it. It's it's. He's, he's Benjamin, Benjamin Button right now, and yeah, I don't know how look, he's doing look it. Their, look at their offensive weapons. I mean, you got Gronk's got the, the Gronk's got the punctured long. Antonio Brown is getting he's looking good. Mike Evans was nowhere to be found. Godwin's sort of finding his way back in the offense, and Fournette. The line is good. I just don't see him keeping this up. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see that their fault this year being Tom Brady's. No, they, the, the secondary is horrible. In that Thursday game, what, what do you think of Philly? Uh, I think the final score looked better than they looked. Um, that was my opinion. Um, I, to me, I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts as a pass-throwing quarterback. I'm just not. Uh, I, I think he needs to develop the deep ball. Uh, he missed – who was the receiver he missed on that deep ball by three or four yards? Rager? Yeah, where he just brutally overthrew him. Um, I think Hurts has talent. I think he has the capability – of being a starting NFL quarterback, but again, kind of, he needs to string these games together and really prove that he can do, can do it. No, yeah. Cause I know everybody's flipping on that game because the spread was six and a half and they went for two, got it. And then did get the touchdown. So uh, they covered did, when you were playing, did you guys have ever have any idea that the spread was in the back of your mind at all? Or did no, you know? no. And you got to remember betting has only really kind of exploded here yeah. two or three years. So no, it was never really in our mind. I think everybody knew whether or not you were, quote-unquote favored uh, that week or the underdog but nobody really thought about like man we're crushing them and we weren't supposed to not in that regard did you ever did you ever get anything on twitter about like either like kind of like either you guys were favored not not getting it to help cover or you guys maybe upsetting somebody else like hey you fucked me up today oh i mean if i shared with you some of the replies or things that i've had tweeted at me uh this show would very easily turn into an r-rated one zach um, yeah so yeah I, i've heard the full gambit of stuff of um you know, nasty things of nice things of you help me win my fantasy or, Oh my gosh, your missed extra point cost me a hundred dollars. Or it's just, it's, you'll hear everything. I saw, I think I forget it was um, somebody on the, on the uh, dolphins. I forget the guys. He might've been, might've been a Georgia guy. One of the linebackers, one of the Georgia linebackers, first round picks kind of bounced around. I think he's on the, it's on the dolphins now. Is it McMillan, Raekwon? No, not him. Um, I'm not whatever, but he somebody sent him some racist filled message on IG. Good for him. Posted that shit. They somebody then another person on Twitter pulled it up on his Facebook page. And the guy was apparently like some sort of teaching assistant at oh. the university at Rhode Island. And then somebody pulled up his Facebook page 20 minutes later and it didn't have a job title. So glad the dude posted that shit. Fuck that guy. Um, no, it's crazy. And then we might as well finish off um, Titans bills tomorrow. You give the Titans any chance at this game? I think the Titans always have a chance just because they have Derrick Henry and the issue of clock uh, ball control becomes an issue for the other team if they get down. I just don't see Tennessee jumping out, out to a lead on Buffalo, so therefore I don't think it's ever going to come into play. 
Um, Josh Allen's just one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL who can just turn a, turn a game on, on its head and, and just win it for you, no matter how your team is playing. So, yeah, I think Buffalo handles this one, and I don't think it's particularly close. I would like it to be because it's Monday Night Football and you don't want to blow out, but that's my prediction. I think Buffalo wins by 10. If you're a Titans fan, are you concerned with A.J. Brown kind of always being banged up or out? I feel like a lot of times it's we don't know what his health status is. Yeah, don't you feel like they have two great receivers that are con- consistently healthy or not healthy? Yeah. Uh, even Julio, man, I mean, he is so dang good when he's when he's healthy, but it, it's been a struggle from the last couple of years to, to stay on the field. And uh, that's kind of been the wrap on A.J. Brown in the beginning of his career as well. So, yes, yeah. it's absolutely a concern. And with Henry – how much longer do you think he can keep this up? Because I don't even know how old he is now, but they, I feel like they're increasing his, his his workload every year, and somehow he's getting better. Man, what he's doing is so impressive, and, and the fact that he gets the majority of his yards after contact is just it's ludicrous. He's a, he's a throwback NFL player, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a running back as tall as him with the power that he has, so it, it's fun to watch. No, he's unbelievable. He's only 27. I thought he was like 30. I feel like he's been there. I remember when he was there when they had uh, DeMarco Murray, and then they, he yep. was there when they had – um. Who's the guy that was on the Pats? Some little, Deion little guy, Lewis. Deion Lewis. And then they both got target carries over him. And I'm like, who, who is running this show here? And they give him the <laughs> ball. And then it's, it's, and then with Buffalo, uh, what did you think of that Sunday night game? I know it was long as shit. Uh, I, this is a term commonly used. I felt like they punked Kansas City. They kind of came out and just looked like they wanted it more. Uh, their offense executed better. Kansas City looked clunky. Um, uh, Buffalo's a complete football team. Offense, defense, special teams, and, uh, you know, it's cliche, but when you have all three phases clicking like they do, they can beat anybody. And, um, you know, they showed some resolve there, too, coming out of the, what was it, hour and a half delay and and continuing what they had done before the delay. Because that's no fun, especially in a road locker room where the conditions are not great. Um, Yeah, I was impressed by Buffalo last weekend. Are you surprised Diggs really hasn't gotten going so far this year? Right now, he's 19th in yards. He's got one touchdown. He's getting a bunch of catches, but they're kind of these little short three-yard grabs, and then he gets pushed out of bounds. Are you expecting him to explode one of these games? He's absolutely going to explode one of these games, especially soon. Um, you know, right now, they're kind of using him as a luxury in their offense and not the focal point, and that's great because that means you just have so many other talented guys you can throw to. Uh, you got guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Beasley who kind of fit that same role he does. But it's just going to take one or two defenses not being able to key on him each and every uh, series, and, and he'll explode. Emmanuel Sanders has 50 fewer yards than Stefan Diggs. It's wild. I would yeah. have never guessed that. Yeah, no. It's And then Dawson Knox has been unbelievable. They, they still have a run. Yeah, he's, he's unreal. He's incredible. Josh Allen, I don't, he's really like Cam if Cam was what we wanted Cam to be. He's Cam with a rocket arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know how you stop it with the chiefs last week. Like that was embarrassing. Like you're at home. These guys are in the opposing locker room who I was told they're the chiefs visiting locker room is a shithole and they come out and they still light them on fire. It was, it's it was not fun. nice. Yeah. It's definitely not nice. As somebody no. who's been there, it's, it's not a great one. No, no, it's no. I say, I don't if the chiefs. I don't know what the hell they do from here. Uh, Kelsey looked a little nicked up today. I, I don't know if they, I'm not sure if they have a buy next week or the next couple of weeks. But he looks banged up. Tyreek Hill was in and out of the locker room today. Yet already Hilaire's on IR. If it's just Mahomes and this kind of just assortment of weapons, do you still accept, expect the same production? I think so, yeah. From a league MVP and Super Bowl winner, I do. Uh, again, they go as far as their defense goes. Um, their defense played much better today, and I felt limited Washington when they had to and got some timely turnovers. But, yeah, I, I, they go as far as their defense goes or – are, um, you know, it, they need to just not have that hindrance of, man, we have to outscore everyone we play. They can't feel that way. They can't feel like they have to get in the offensive battle and just, it's just so much pressure you put on your offense when that happens. For in looking at towards some of the awards for the year, who are the, some of the contenders in your eyes? I mean, don't you feel like right now the MVP is Murray? It has to be. Murray. Yeah. I feel like you could, do, you could give Murray anybody else doing that. Brady's got to be up there. Just for sure, Brady. I'd say Murray, Brady, and now I think Stafford's kind of Stafford. way back in it. Um, My that, thing with Murray is is if you take Kyler Murray off of that team, oh, they're like, winless. They're winless. I don't think his 
I don't think his pieces outside of his skill players are nearly as good as any of the other top teams in the NFL. So that makes what he's doing even more impressive. DeAndre Hopkins has been banged up for a month. Um, AJ Green, I think, is out snapping him. I don't know what the hell's going on in the run game. Um, they had Rondell Moore exploded for one game, and then he was nowhere to be fine. They just got Ertz. What do you think of that? Good move for them. After losing Max Williams, you need another tight end that can stretch the field and kind of run run a, a wide variety of routes, and Ertz fits that mold to a T. You think he'll keep the blonde hair? I, th- I, I This was a take I had. I didn't hear anywhere else that he only dyed his hair blonde as a maneuver to make the Eagles want to trade him more. Oh, yeah. I remember he came out to practice with the shorts turned inside out in the first day of training camp. Like, he wanted out of Philly. There's no doubt. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm glad he's in a new spot. Were you surprised other teams didn't go after him, that Cardinals were the ones that jump on it? No, because I think if you're honest, I think Zach Ertz has not been at the peak Zach Ertz in a few years. But he's still a top – 10 tight end in the NFL. And that's yeah. probably good enough to help your offense. So yeah. it was a good move for the Cardinals. They needed it. And uh, it kind of worked for all parties. Yeah. And then before, before we uh, jump off here, do you have any other takeaways from today's games? Not a lot. Just that I think the NFC West really made itself clear today who the top two teams are. Um, Seattle's in trouble. And then like you mentioned earlier, the AFC North is, is turning out to be a wild show here. Yeah. Uh, Big game with Baltimore and Cincinnati, even though Baltimore's going to win it. Uh, it's it's it, it'll it'll be interesting to see who wins a division at the end of the year. Do you, do you think Lamar's really improved that much from last year? I feel like they've had some big wins, but I still feel like it's he's kind of just the same short passing game, and he's obviously a dynamic uh, throw on the ground. I think everyone's waiting for Lamar Jackson to turn into the Josh Allen type level thrower, and it's just an unfair. Um, I'm just looking for him to turn into Vic. Because that's the guy he's been most compared to. And Vic throwing the ball is leaps and bounds better than I've ever seen Lamar. Yeah, so Vic is definitely a better thrower than Lamar, but I would argue that Lamar is a much more effective runner than Michael yeah. Vic. Uh, Michael Vic was much more of a scrambler, and an, an extremely athletic scrambler. And, and in fairness to, to Vic, they were not tailoring the offense around his ability to – I don't even think read pass option was really a thing back then. Um, so, yeah, Lamar Jackson has the offense tailored more towards him and can use his skill set, but – you know, I think he's a completely different quarterback than Vic. And that sounds wild to say, but I, I just, he's much more one-dimensional from a, a throwing standpoint, um, whereas Vic was a little more well-rounded. Do you think his weapons are enough to kind of get it done? Because I feel like Hollywood Brown's kind of week in, week out. We don't know if he's going to show up. Andrews is great. And then obviously you were talking about earlier with the run game, got like the best of 2009 kind of in a, in a rotation. <laughs> Rowback. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And then with the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley has a bit healthy at weeks. Um, the D line, I think you've got a kind of a bunch of veterans going. The the secondary is great. Obviously, the, the defensive coordinators kind of get them all going in a great direction. Patrick Queen, I think, has more missed tackles than either linebacker in football. And I think he got hurt today, which is not good. But I think I, I still want to see another big test for them. I feel like if they can, if if, if Lamar can kind of go toe to toe with Burrow throwing the ball and come out victorious, I think that'll do a lot for me. Because obviously, you beat a Chiefs team that's struggling, you beat the Colts on Monday night terrific but i still i still haven't seen it yet if it, i don't know if they play buffalo then i'll be sold i thought cincinnati was going to seal it for you if they if they crush cincinnati you'll be you'll be i mean it. yeah but if if, if burrow's burrow's knee you got a burner's knee and Bur- there's Bengals defense it's garbage but um if they if he could go toe-to-toe with burrow I, I would be impressed but like i still haven't seen it to maybe go okay okay that's like top five quarterback i still haven't seen it uh, yeah, I think that he proved it to me when they won that playoff game last year. And uh, yeah, I think that he's he's exactly what Baltimore needs, and they've done a smart job building it around him. Um, do I think that it it's it becomes a little bit predictable at, at sometimes? Yes, but uh, it's proven that it's worked, and it's proven that it's that he can now come from behind. That was a big taboo about sure. him. That like, oh man, he couldn't. Once they get down, they can't ever come back into a game, and he's kind of disproven that theory this year. So. I think Lamar Jackson works in Baltimore, and I think they work as a team this year. You see he's getting his, uh, his number retired uh, at uh, Louisville? He should, man. He's the last time Louisville's actually been relevant. Yeah, apparently him and uh, United are the only guys ever. So both guys with Baltimore ties, both guys, both guys with Louisville ties, the only two players in uh, Louisville Cardinals history to have their jerseys. Big retired. honor. It's very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. But I do appreciate you taking the time. It's fucking 1.20 a.m. Eastern time, but do appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, it's only 10 17 out here. And then I know 
I know. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I still couldn't believe when you said you watched the London game today. I didn't even. I, I woke up at halftime. I was like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, an early riser. What can I say? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I do appreciate. And then, uh, how can people follow you on social? You might as well get that in there. I'm Blair Walsh underscore three on Instagram, and I'm Blair Walsh three on Twitter. Awesome, awesome, Angel. Do appreciate. It. <laughs>